It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, we made some new friends recently in Savannah who are helping children discover a love for reading in a very unique way. During a visit to one of our summer transition programs for rising kindergarten students, Governor Kemp, First Lady Marty Kemp, and Commissioner Jacobs introduced Ron Binkney and Lucky, a golden retriever who has turned the page, so to speak, many pages, in fact, in literacy for early learners. And Commissioner, today we're talking with this grandfather from St. Simon's Island who simply wanted to encourage his grandchildren to read over the pandemic. We are. It was a real pleasure uh, to meet Ron and Lucky, and I know that the students at the Summer Transition Program uh, were also thrilled, so I'm glad we're able to have him on the podcast to talk a little bit more about um, his work and Lucky. And I'm a little jealous because you and I are coming from the capital city of Atlanta, but joining us today... (laughs) From St. Simons, oh, how I wish we were there, (laughs) (laughs) is Ron Binkney. And I'm assuming Lucky is somewhere close by. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Can you see see Lucky right here on the sofa with me? We we can't at the moment. You can't see him, but he's right here on the sofa with me, and he's looking at the beach. We live on beachfront property, and he's waiting to get back at the beach just as soon as it's low tide. Well, okay. that gives Lucky and me something in common. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for I, inviting both of us. Absolutely. It's a Thrilled to have you guys with us. And we're going to learn more about Lucky uh, in just a moment. But Ron, first, tell us about your background. You're a college professor uh, currently at the Brunswick campus of Troy University. How did your love for reading begin? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, actually, after I received my BA degree from Oglethorpe University in education, I started teaching high school English immediately and loved it, loved every aspect of it. In a few years, my family and I moved to Massachusetts where I was accepted into the doctoral program at Boston University. And after receiving a doctorate there, I almost immediately accepted a position as a curriculum director K through 12 in a fabulous school community, Wareham, Massachusetts. And I began to immerse myself in K to 12 curriculum and found out immediately how important it was for me to focus on preschool K one and two. So I did a tremendous amount of research and became impressed and dedicated it to making sure that literacy issues were spread and enforced throughout the K to 12 curriculum. And that is embedded now in everything that I do, even as a college professor. So now you're living on St. Simon's, you have grandchildren in Woodstock and Boston, and you were encouraging them to read during the pandemic. So first give them all a shout out and tell us about that. Okay, terrific. Thank you. Here on St. Simon's Island are Way and Gray, Way is six years old and Gray is seven. In Woodstock are Ford, he's four years old. Lily and Brody, they're five and eight. And then in Massachusetts are three more grandchildren. My uh, twins, twin granddaughters, they're fraternal twins, Lyra and Veda. 
and then my other grandson, Hawk, who is five years old. There are eight grandchildren all together. And I stay impressed with them, do everything that I can to encourage literacy for them. And Lucky enjoys every moment that he gets to share with being with eight grandchildren. (laughs) (laughs) Not a dull moment, I am sure, even uh, long distance wise. So uh, is it true, Ron, you recorded over 200 stories during the pandemic for your grandchildren? Uh, Well, actually, it's 343 stories that we read the moment that my son from Massachusetts called and said, there's a pandemic and the kids, the three kids here can't get to school. So would you start reading to them? And so Lucky and I started immediately and we would go to the library and select books and we would sit in the front yard on the sofa there and my wife would do the recording. And after 343 books, he called one day and says, the pandemic is over. <laughs> we were fortunate enough to be able to be lucky to do all that reading and to find those books and to share them with about 30 families that have children. So they could pull up the on YouTube, my channel, and share those books so that they were able to go to, to people other than just Lyra and Veda and Hawk. And I'm still getting feedback about how much they are enjoying them because they can pull them up immediately and look at them as many times as they want to. It was a wonderful experience, and it actually set the stage for Lucky and the tech and the book that we wrote. Well, I love that. So while this is happening, you're over 300 recordings. One of your grandchildren, Way, who is five, was what you call a reluctant reader. What do you mean by that? <laughs> a reluctant reader <laughs> is one who's hesitant about reading. And what we noticed as Lucky's skill emerged and the new trick that had to do with turning the pages of a book with his muscle was that he, Way would say to Lucky, Lucky, you go first when they were reading. And we noticed and paid attention to what that was. He was Way was particularly hesitant about reading until we found books that he loved the focus of. And his interest is in fishing and in casting a net. And so when we were able to match the books with Lucky reading with him, his interest is almost like overnight, he became interested in reading and we could see that Lucky had inspired him to become a better reader. And we were fascinated with that. And then almost naturally, the book developed as a consequence, as a nice addition to that as ways and skills improved as a reluctant reader. Well, I know that we're not the only one that has a reluctant reader. <laughs> and, and I love that you found inspiration uh, in his interest, in Way's interest and, and things that he enjoyed. And then that connection with Lucky and you sort of brought that together. I think so many times we're so busy, we tend to overlook those aspects and, and you plugged in and, and made that happen. So Lucky is a golden retriever and already kind of had a bag of tricks leading up to all of this, right? That's correct. Yes. Lucky is a three-year-old golden retriever, and I got him when he was seven weeks old. And almost immediately, uh, Scott Henley, his trainer, came on board to help us. And so he worked carefully to make sure that there was a, a huge array of tricks that Lucky could do. And he's got a um, golden retriever by the name of Bo, 
who was an alpha dog, and Bo did as much training to help Lucky with his skills as Scott did. It was nice to see them working together because Bo's skills are immense and the tricks that he did. I think he's got a, about 50 or 60 tricks that he can do. Um, anyway, it was interesting to watch that develop. And then Lucky's the one that took on that special trick that had to do with turning the pages of a book. So talk a little bit more about that. You mentioned Scott, who we were able to meet in Savannah, and Bo, who also is a beautiful golden retriever, and we love Lucky. He's such a sweet, sweet dog. Was it a challenge to teach Lucky that new trick? Because that's different, I would think, than what any other dog knows. Well, what's interesting is that that's a good question. It happened naturally. It really did. And um, a lot of it happened because Scott and I trust each other, and we drew on each other's strengths. And, and Scott was around enough for the training to be aware that my profession is an English professor. And I said, I want another trick for Lucky. And one night he came up with a concept about Lucky turning the pages with his muzzle. So when he presented that, it was easy for us, or easy it started as a natural challenge for us to figure out and to complement each other with Scott working on the skill of turning the pages while I worked on the content of the storyline itself, it developed, it really developed naturally, but it took about four months because there, were, there was no outline. Neither one of us knew exactly what we were doing, but we knew what we wanted the end product to be like. So the skill for Lucky was turning the pages with this book, with his, with his muzzle. And Scott accomplished that when he decided that there would be a treat behind each one of the pages. And then now we've moved it away so that there's a treat sometimes every other, every other page. And I have been able to get him to do the book with no treats, just with the praise from the master. But I like the idea of him realizing that there really is a nice little treat when he turns the pages. And you can see that in, in his actions. Um, as that was developing, we saw that what we needed to do, it was a natural extension to have the book develop. And so the book for me, what was important was the storyline. And as that developed, I felt more comfortable with it because it matched what Lucky and Way were doing here in the house and out in the front yard that had to do with the reading piece of it. And I said that Way needed to be careful about that. And it happened beautifully and it happened naturally. It was a nice combination of skills, everybody working in harmony. You know, it's funny, both the commissioner and I, um, you know, adopted dogs during the pandemic, which seems like a crazy time uh, to bring a, a, a new puppy into your home. But I think we can all appreciate the training process. Some dogs are more inspired by praise and trainers lean more toward that. Others lean more toward uh, a treat uh, incentive. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of see the, the two of those working Together, I love that Lucky's more into the content now than, <laughs> than the treats. I think that's super. Um, and hopefully that'll continue. Um, and so, Ron, you've written a book entitled uh, Reading is a Trick for Lucky. I guess you ran out of other stories because you read 300. So <laughs> tell you had to write a book. Tell us about the yes, book. It is. And it's all about Lucky inspiring way to become a better reader. And like I said, it, all, it really developed naturally. As the language evolved, I could see that Wade was interested in what Lucky was doing. 
And I could see that Gray was paying attention to that. And so I started to figure out what language I could use to talk about Lucky. And I said to Way and Gray one day, does your dad read out loud? And they said that they thought about it and they said, yes. I said, well, that we call that oral reading. Does your dad read to himself? They thought about it and they said, yes, he reads to himself. And I said, we call that silent reading. And they said, okay, so I could see that they understood the two concepts. And I pointed to Lucky and I said, Lucky is a silent reader and I am his voice. And I repeated it once again, Lucky is a silent reader. He reads silently, just like your dad, and I am his voice. And they understood it. And once they understood that, then I could see that was a concept that I could use. So now I call Lucky the silent reader and I am his voice and and everybody embraces that. So Lucky's the silent reader. So what has the feedback been uh, from teachers on your book, Reading is a Trick for Lucky? Well, Commissioner Jacobs, it has been phenomenal. I can't tell you how impressed I am with the feedback that we get from teachers, from parents, from grandparents. They really embrace it. It's like I said earlier, (laughs) we're not the only one that has a reluctant reader. And there are so many classrooms where before the pandemic, teachers would invite a a dog into the classroom and the children would sit in a circle and they would read to the dog. Now, Lucky can go into the classroom, children sit in a circle and Lucky will read to them. It is amazing to get feedback from teachers and they're all on vacation now, you know, they've been in the pandemic, so they don't see what's really happening in the classroom particularly, but they are eager to be able to get something like Lucky, somebody else like Lucky, another dog, to do that, to to master that trick. And Lucky stays excited about it. It's phenomenal to think about the power that a dog has to transform children and to make them more interested in reading. It's fascinating. And I hear uh, feedback constantly from parents and teachers and other people about the power of that happening. It's refreshing. It really is. I think it's a great concept. And I think, uh, Children of all ages uh, always love a dog. I, I know we've seen folks bring dogs into senior centers, and uh, there's that immediate connection um, where you maybe someone hasn't really spoken or interacted in a while, and all of a sudden the dog, friendly dog, comes in and it's, it's they wake amazing. up. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. It's incredible. So, Rhonda, tell us this. I know it's one thing to go into uh, a local school and read for children. And that's always special and um, very inspirational for both the children and the reader. Um, But tell us what was it like to um, have Lucky read for the governor and first lady? That's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Well, it probably was undoubtedly the highlight of my career as a professional and as uh, as an educator And as a resident of the state of Georgia, it was phenomenal. It was quite an honor, an unexpected honor. And I'll tell you this, I was impressed with his whole entourage, Commissioner Jacobs and every one of them. They seemed to be present themselves as so competent, so eager to help and so invested in literacy. That's what was important to me is that I did a little bit of research and found out that our governor and first lady have such a high focus on literacy across the state for everyone. And that's been important to me. 
And so I see how they are invested in it. And then it's almost as if every member of the staff is invested in that as well. It's refreshing. It really is to see that commitment in helping people become educated and better educated and lifelong learners. That's what's important to me. I see that now as I teach college students, mostly sophomores and juniors, and how important it is. I've got one um, lady in the classroom now who's 56 and another one that's 66 with 18 grandchildren. Wow. And so we <laughs> celebrate lifelong learning. <laughs> and I think that the governor, I know that the governor and first lady reinforce that in everything that they do. It's wonderful. Well, Ron, you are, your grandchildren are so fortunate to have you so invested um, in their lives and especially as it relates to literacy. But what's your advice for parents, grandparents and other family members when it comes to encouraging reading? Obviously, you are, are very creative, but do you have any advice for other parents and grandparents? Well, what I would say, the first thing that I would say is pay attention to what your children are interested in and see if you can find books that reinforce that, that's very important. And what is it that they love to do? Um, don't underestimate the power of a dog to play an important role in helping children learn. And also don't underestimate the power of a dog to want to do everything that he can to reach out and please his master, because that's what Lucky has done. It, I'm sure that it was difficult for him to move into, in that direction but he had confidence in me and trusted me and we worked together in harmony. And I would say without question for families, pay attention to reading and focus on lifelong learning with children in, before they start school, while they're in school, at every aspect, expect that reading, writing, and literature are, at the, are the foundation of learning in everything that we do. Some great advice. and. Uh... On the dog front, you know, they, the, the, our trainer actually says praise is the currency that your dog is yes. looking for. Treats are fine, and, and that's a nice little addition, but really that praise from the owner, from the master, is um, something they're looking for. And, and of course, uh, our trainer says, would you keep working for your employer if they didn't give you some currency? <laughs> <laughs> so why would your dog, you know, want to continue to do that? So it's uh, there's some great examples there. Can we hear from Lucky? Is it possible to uh, have Lucky's him say right, a few words? Lucky's right here below me. He's laying down. Can you, can you, I don't know whether you can see him or not, but he's laying down. He's waiting for me to open the door so that he can go outside and run on the beach. That's, I love it. <laughs> That's the routine that we've got. We've, we've already taken care of his going to the bathroom and his breakfast. <laughs> and that's next on the agenda. And I think he's looking at me saying, you, we've lost our routine. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're very smart. Golden he would retrievers. love to, to read for you at any point in time, that's for sure. And then there are videos the, um, there are videos that capture that reading so that other people can see that. And what do we need to do to, to find that? And also about your book. How do we get a copy of uh, your book? Well, actually, the videos, there are two videos. One is Lucky uh, Reading to Me, and the other one is Lucky Reading to Two Preschool Children. And you can find them on YouTube. And one of them is, the title of it is, Reading is a Trick for Lucky. And then the other one is Lucky Reads to Children. 
I think that's what that, that one is called. There's a television video. Uh, he's been on television. He's been in this local magazine. He's a local celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. He's, been on, he's been on television. He's been in the newspaper. He's been in magazines. There, there are ads that are coming up that feature Lucky. And then um, how can folks contact you if they would, if they'd like more information? Well, the book is for sale here in the village on St. Simons at Island Dog and at Parker's Convenience Store, where you can easily get it. There's several copies of them that are always available. Or they can contact me at ronbintney at gmail, and um, I'll see that they get a copy. And if they choose, I'll have Lucky autograph the book for them. There are a lot of people who leave the book either at Island Dog or they leave it at Parker's with the information they want us to put on it so that we can autograph it. I love that. Lucky's Lucky's happy to do that. The the kids especially get a treat out of having a book that Lucky has autographed. And because Way is around here all the time, there are many of them that get to see Way because Way is featured in the book as well as Lucky. There are not many people that own a book where they can actually say, I know the dog in that book and I know the little boy and the front yard is right here in the beach and everything else since the pictures were taken here in the front yard and on the beach. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. How, how, old is, um, how old is Way now? Way just turned six. Six. Last, last month he turned six years old. And, he's, and fortunately we can say he's becoming a better reader. And we attribute that to Lucky. <laughs> That's great. And, and a- being, able, being able to realize just exactly how much um, Way enjoys fishing and casting a net and making sure that if we pay attention to, the, to that material, which he reads, makes a big difference. Some great suggestions here and a beautiful story. It really is. We're so glad we uh, we met Ron and Lucky uh, during the visit to uh, Savannah. And again, Ron, if uh, if folks want more information, it's Ron Binkney, B-I-N-K-N-E-Y at gmail.com, uh, dot, dot I believe. That's correct. That's correct. Great. Well, listen, uh, I know you guys had a great visit, Commissioner. I know you came back uh, raving about... Um, about Lucky and Ron. We've never had a visit quite like that. So yes. And now my dog's working. <laughs> and there's Lucky. I love it. I hope, I hope Lucky and I get to join you again. Absolutely. <laughs> we will definitely do that. As you tour the state. Yeah, definitely. We'd be, we'd be committed to doing anything that we can as a partner to help you reinforce literacy. Well, that's thank my, you. That's my lifelong commitment. And Lucky's too now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love that. Well, Ron, thanks so much for being with us. I think your students at Troy University are equally fortunate. Uh, and not uh, it goes without saying those grandchildren, those eight grandchildren, very fortunate to have a grandfather thank with you, this sir. kind of focus yeah, on literacy. So thank you, sir. Uh, to you and Lucky, have a great walk on the beach. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Give my best to the, uh, the, the governors and first ladies, entire entourage. You are all fantastic. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, I'm Ann Pansica, and I work in the Pre-K and Instructional Supports Division, Child and Family Development here in Atlanta. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is if DECAL is doing anything to encourage child care professionals and our own staff to get vaccinated. 
Uh, well, Anne, thank you for that question. That's a great question. And, um, you know, we were really fortunate back in March that the governor included all child care um, providers when he opened up the eligibility for um, K-12 teachers as well. So we have been um, really pushing the vaccine since March. You know, it was a little bit hard to get back in March, but now it is so easy. And we did a whole big very positive um, campaign with even teacher with even pictures of all of the many teachers that did go ahead and get that vaccine. And of course, you know, in Georgia, there's no requirement for a vaccine. Of course, we're not requiring the decal staff to become vaccinated, but I do encourage it every, every chance I get. Um, I do think that is um, uh, more of a guarantee than anything else for us to remain safe from COVID-19. And I myself am vaccinated. My whole family's vaccinated. So Anything that I can do to encourage others to do that, um, we will. So um, our rates are actually for decal when we surveyed our staff and, you know, they voluntarily answered um, our vaccination rates are higher than the Georgia average. So I think that's pretty positive. So I heard we did not quite make the July 4th number that the president was hoping for. I think he was hoping for 70 percent. We were a little lower than that. Yeah, I think I think so. You know, some people have, you know, it's a personal decision and uh, some folks um, don't want to be vaccinated or can't be vaccinated. So they'll have to take the other um, as one of the experts that we talked to non-pharmaceutical measures like mask and continuing to social distance. Right. Absolutely. But you do get some liberties when you get vaccinated. They say you don't necessarily have to wear a mask after that. And uh, that's know- what they say. I mean, when you're going into the target, I read the sign. It says, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. So that's like a big relief for me. Take it off. <laughs> <laughs> still kind of keeping it in your pocket. And yes, your I purse, still have it. Just still in have case. It. Right. Absolutely. But, uh, and now we're getting ready for kind of returning to the new normal here at DECAL. That's exciting. We are August 2nd. Our offices will be open back five days a week uh, for the public. And um, I think we're at a good place to do that. And of course, we'll continue to be as safe as possible and provide all that PPE that our staff um, might need. And so we'll, uh, I think everybody, um, once they get into their, in the office that first day, um, they'll, be, they'll be excited about it. I'm sure there's a little anxiety, but it's good to be back around our, our colleagues. We've done an all-team webinar uh, virtually and let everybody know that that's the date. Of course, we've been working hard uh, over the past 16 months. Hopefully no one's noticed that uh, we weren't physically in our offices and now we're returning and that's very exciting. But the feedback I hear is that I think folks are kind of ready to get back out yeah. of their homes. <laughs> and, yeah. It's time. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one thing I, we could talk about here just for a second is the fact that we are um, giving more flexibility on remote working uh, here at DECAL. Well, can you speak to that for a second? Yeah. So um, about before the pandemic, you know, about 50% of our staff were already considered remote since they were our childcare licensing folks, pre-K inclusion. So they were they were home-based. They had offices in their home because they were traveling, you know, around the state to visit these programs. And so about 50% were home-based then. So we're moving to about 75% of our staff will be considered remote with their offices being from their homes. And then the other 25% will continue to be Atlanta-based reporting to our Atlanta offices. But they also have increased flexibility where they'll now be able to work from home up to 30 days a week. So, you know, um, we were very productive from the get-go, didn't miss a beat. Technology was definitely our friend. And so um, I don't see any reason not to give that type of flexibility to, um, to everyone. And we'll see how it works. You know, we might be able to, you know, every, not everyone will be working from home three days a week. It just kind of depends on your job and the responsibilities and what can be done at home and what can be, can be done 
um, at the office. So everyone will look a little bit different, but everyone will have that flexibility, which I'm happy we're able to do. And any idea of when we'll be getting back into childcare programs? We talked on this episode about the visit. That's good. Yeah, field trips yeah. are back. Field trips are back. Parents are back. Everybody's back. Um, DECAL will be back very soon. We did a survey with our providers recently to just let them know, you know, we're planning for that. You know, how can we try to address any of your concerns as we get back to our in-person visits? And so we'll be going through that survey, trying to put up, you know, a protocol together for all of our staff and then communicate that to providers. But I would say, um, you know, watch your email box um, for more information because that is coming soon as well. All right. All good news. Getting back to reality and uh, we're excited about it. So follow us here on Decal Download. We'll keep you updated on uh, all the latest developments. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. What is the name of Ron Binkney's golden retriever who encourages reluctant readers? What is the name of Ron Binkney's golden retriever who encourages reluctant Readers, send us your answer to decal download at decal.ga.gov. You might win a prize from Chick fil A, Fun Spot America, Georgia Lottery, Gwinnett Stripers, The School Box, Six Flags Over Georgia, Stone Mountain Park, The Roof and Skyline Park at Pont City Market, or Wild Adventures Theme Park. We also have some nice new decal download coffee mugs that we might put into the mix here. So send us your answers. We'll draw the name and you could be a winner. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.